don't know about you guys, but it's November. And as soon as November rolls around every single year, um, I start to get excited for the holidays, right? Like as soon as trick-or-treat, as soon as Halloween is done, I get really excited for Thanksgiving. I get excited for Christmas. And I, I just get overly excited because, well, when I was your guys' age, that meant that we were about to get some time to spend at home, right? How many of you guys love holidays. Like you love being at home. You love being with your family. You love doing all those things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. It's, it's like my favorite time. The leaves are changing. Are the leaves changing in your backyard yet? For some of you guys, if you have pine trees, the answer is no. They're just falling out, um, right? And, but it's just, it's one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, I, I absolutely love this. And yesterday, Jess and I came back with our family. We came back from the lake and we did something that we never have done before. Um, we started putting up our Christmas tree yesterday. It was November 5th yesterday. That's crazy early, right? Like, that, that's crazy. Now, see, you either fall in one or two sides of the Christmas thing, right? You've got the weirdos who start listening to Christmas music before Halloween. Haley, where you at? Yeah, there she is. She, she's a big time, um, you know, yeah, Christmas person. Or you have the normal people who listen after Halloween, okay? And, and then maybe even after Thanksgiving, you want to give them the time for that to happen, right? And so... What we thought was during this time of year, we thought it'd be fun, since you're going to be home a lot over the next couple of months, is to talk about this thing called family, right? To talk about this thing um, that we all have some kind of family. We all, like, do something. And so since you're going to be spending a lot of time with them over the next month, two months, we figured we'd talk all about it, the good, the bad, the annoying part of family. So we're going to have some fun over the next few weeks, and um, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this series we're going to go through. Miss Robin will actually be talking with you guys next week um, about this, so we're excited to have her up here again. It's been a little while since she's been up here. So as we kick off, I'm going to ask you a question, and your question is simply this. In your home, what's the most annoying household chore and why? Look to the person to your left or right and tell them, what's the most annoying chore that you have to do? Okay. Perfect. I think you guys are good. Let's get a few volunteers to tell me what you think. Okay. So tell me what, what you think. He says he doesn't have chores. Okay. This is just a laser. It's not a, a talker. Okay. He doesn't have chores. Okay. All right. What do you got? No chores. Okay. How many of you guys actually do chores in your house? Like you actually have to work. Okay. Perfect. Good. There's some of you guys who need to actually work. All right. What do you have to do? Uh, I do sometimes clean the baseboards, um, back in the carpet, mowing the grass. Okay. Mowing the grass, those types of things. What's the most annoying one? Dishes. 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 How many of you guys would say dishes? Yes. Okay. All right. Anybody got something different than dishes? Cool. Let me walk you back here. What you got, Nathan? Cleaning the toilet. Cleaning the toilet. You guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Haley, what do you think? One more time? Taking care of her brother, she said. Dawson, that's you. So we're going to come to Dawson and ask him what the most annoying chore is of his house. Dawson, what's the most annoying chore of your house? Cleaning out the shower after Haley. Why would you say that? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. All right, anybody else? Matthew, what you got, bro? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to stop right there, okay, because they can only go downhill from there. <laughs> I hope it's not hers. Okay, so here we go. To me, when I was your age, there was absolutely nothing worse than this chore right here, dusting. Oh, I hate dusting, man. Like, 
literally in my house right now. My wife will tell me over and over again, your dresser has so much dust on it. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want it. I, I hate dusting. It's the worst thing. I absolutely hate doing it. Now, there was a close second to me when I was your age, when it came to chores and when it came to our family, right? And so I was thinking back to this, and you guys probably all have amazing mothers, right? I would assume everybody in here has an amazing mom. Um, maybe at times you don't think so, but, but I would assume you have amazing moms. And I had a great mom, right? When, when I was adopted into my family, we, we had a great mom. And, you know, they grew from being a family of sits to a family of eight. And so that meant a lot more food was being consumed. And one of those chores that we don't necessarily think a lot about is, is grocery shopping, right? Grocery shopping can be really, really annoying. Um, see, I don't mind actually going and picking out the groceries and getting them in the car and even buying the groceries. But what I hate is having to carry the groceries in and then put them away. It's absolutely awful. I just figured like, Food should just show up. But being the oldest boy of the family, most of the time when my mom would come home with groceries, it would normally fall on me to, to actually have to pick those up, right? And so when I was your age, no matter how many groceries there were, I would get them all in the house in one trip. That was my goal, okay? Many times that included, you guys can choose how we say this, smushing the bread, are smashing the bread, okay? However you want to say it. And my mom would just yell at me, why did you smash the bread? Well, I didn't mean to, but I was trying to get everything in. Now, as I've gotten older, Jessica does a lot of um, the grocery shopping, and she does it a really smart way. She does it through um, Walmart pickup, <laughs> right? And it's, it's actually really smart because you don't even have to shop anymore. You just look on your phone and just tell them what you want, and, and then you forget and you add things you don't need. But anyways, so then... Um, She'll come home with the groceries, and, and I'll help her unload them. And as I've gotten older, here's what I do now. Instead of carrying it all in in one load, I now know how much they cost. So I take several trips back to the car, all right? It's something that I think with age we start to understand a little bit more. So for you guys in the room, what's your strategy when it comes to groceries? Do you grab all the groceries at once, no matter how many bags there are, and carry those in the house? Do you think it's better to take it one at a time? Or do you go to the bathroom and hope that by the time you come out of the bathroom, your family has brought in all the groceries? Let's take a quick vote so we can know where we all are. Okay, how many of you guys try to carry it all in in one setting? Okay, perfect, perfect. All right, how many of you guys, you take multiple trips to the car? Very few of you. And how many of you guys hide out in the bathroom? Be honest. <laughs> it's awesome, right? I mean, I mean like, the truth is, is that, that, that we've all kind of started to understand this. Here's what I've learned. When my wife can help me carry the groceries in, it goes so much faster. It's so much better. And, and that's rare now since we have two kids under three. It's rare that we can both do it. But it's really nice because while sometimes we feel like we can handle everything on our own, there's a lot of benefits to having people around us to help us and support us. And that's what our family's meant to do, right? Family can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, all right? Your family, well, they can be the people you live with, right? They can be the people you're related to. They can be the people that you've chosen to love like family. 
It could even be the family of God. People all over the world and all throughout history who follow Jesus. And so what we're going to do, what we're going to talk about throughout this series is family, right? Familia. That's the Spanish word for it. And hopefully by the time we get through this, you're going to know a few more different languages of how to say family before we get done with it. But when you hear this term, what I hope that it does is it reminds you of no matter who we are, where we live, or what language we speak, or even what circumstances we find ourselves in, we all need family. Sometimes we get to choose our family, and sometimes we don't get a choice. But no matter what family looks like for you, over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into Scripture, and we're going to look, and we're going to see how we can get along better with our family, okay? So when I said families are supposed to support each other, of course I didn't mean not only just on a grocery run, right? We need support when it comes to being discouraged or being let down. We need support when it comes to being stressed out or maybe you're feeling sad. Sometimes we're angry or sometimes you're confused and you just don't know what to think, right? So here's the truth. The truth is, is that when we're feeling weighed down, it can be hard to ask for the support that we need. I've only been a guy my whole life, so I don't know how girls feel about this, but it's not easy for us guys to actually talk through what we're feeling. And simply, when we're not sure how to do this, what we typically do is we take out our anger, we take out our frustrations on the people who are closest to us. When I was your age, I, I can remember that I had so much going on. I was dealing with schoolwork, I was dealing with friendship drama, I was dealing with girl drama, I was dealing with drama drama, I was dealing with sports drama, and and there were so many more things. I had no idea what I was feeling, and when something wasn't necessarily going my way, I can remember taking out my frustrations on whoever ended up being closest to me with my family, right? Maybe they were just in the wrong spot at at the wrong time. Can you guys relate to that? You ever blown up on somebody in your family, even though they did absolutely nothing to you? Maybe they did chew a little bit too loud. But realistically, it's not their fault. You see, even as I've gotten older, I can still find myself sometimes doing those same things. I've got something coming up here at work I need to get done, and I'm not fully focused in when I'm at home. (coughs) And there's times where my daughter's pulling me one way, and then Jess is asking me to do something else, and then somebody else is grabbing my attention, and I just don't know what to do. And, like, I get snarky. When that happens, I don't mean to do that, but I feel awful after doing it. But here's the thing. If I would just give away some of this burden, then it would help out a ton. And so what I want to do is I want to look at Scripture. I want to look at the book of Galatians. So if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open that up to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to look at two chapters out of Galatians today, and we're going to just dig into this and see what God has to say about family. All right, so in this book of Galatians, Galatians was originally a letter that Paul wrote to the church of Galatia, all right? Uh, He writes this to them because in this particular letter, he's talking to this church family that that is completely messed up a little bit. They've got so focused in on the laws, they've got so focused in on the rules that they had been following, they're trying to make everybody else follow the rules that they had to once follow when they were a Jew. And Paul's saying, you no longer have to do this. You're no longer under that law anymore. 
See, the family, the church family, had been fighting because they, one side was saying you have to do this, the other side was saying you don't have to do this, and there were some really just strong opinions when it comes to what was happening here. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 13, says this. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Hopefully your family doesn't actually bite each other when you're stressed out or angry. I hope not. But I think you guys get the idea. This church family was getting so consumed by their disagreements with each other that Paul had to jump in. Paul being one of the guys who was speaking truth, one of the church leaders at this time. He said, guys, there's something you need to be focusing in on here. He said, you need to be focusing on loving each other like you love yourselves. You need to put other people in front of yourself. And the truth is, is that, honestly, we all need to learn from this. Think about what your families would look like if you chose to put these, these things right here into practice. Would it change the way your family looks? Paul says you need to stop hurting each other. You see, it turns out a big reason the Galatians were always fighting is because they were angry about each other's faults. Hmm. I bet that sounds familiar, right? How many of you guys have brothers or sisters here in the room? How many of you guys have parents in the room? How many of you guys' parents, our brother and sisters, have ever done something to annoy you that you just can't stand? Wow, Kaylee, your hand went up so fast. <laughs> okay, very, very fast. You see, the same thing was happening in this church. They were annoyed at each other. They were tired of hearing the same thing. They knew how they were going to respond to each other. And it was time to do something different. When one of your family members does something to make you angry, what's your first reaction to them? If you're anything like me, my first reaction was to blow up and point out their flaws. But what if, what if we chose, instead of attacking or getting angry at them, you chose to stop to consider, I wonder if they needed some support right now. I wonder if they just need some help right now. How could I be of assistance? How could I show them that I truly am for them. And you guys are like, dude, I don't know about that. That sounds kind of crazy, right? Like, I, I love them because I have to, but there's times where I don't want to love my family. What if we always chose to show our family we are for our family? Turn to page one page in your Bible, Galatians chapter 6. If you have a phone, you don't even have to turn it a page. You just push 6. Verses 1 through 3, it says this. Dear brothers and sisters, <clears throat> if another brother is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Pay, pay attention to this part right here. Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You're not that important. 
Maybe I should read that again. Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. You see, in a conflict, it's so easy for us to only think about ourselves, to only think about how the other people, the other person has wronged us. But just like we sometimes do things we regret when we need support, our family does the same things too. Our family needs our support. Our family needs our help. When you notice a family member messing up, here's what Paul recommends you to do. He says, be gentle. He says, work to make things better. Help carry their burdens. And don't think you're better than them. Now look at that list. Which one of these things do you need to work on? I mean, let's be honest. Every single one of us has at least one up here that we should work on. Every single one of us needs to take a step in a right direction with what Paul's telling us to do. And for some of us, there's multiple behind me that we've got to work at. If you've ever struggled to do this for a family member, and if we're honest, who hasn't? Then these instructions from Paul sound very difficult. That's why Paul says we need God's spirit to do this. Check this out. Verses 9 through 10, it says this. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will heap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Supporting each other, especially when we're mad at each other, is hard, tiring work. But Paul says not to give up, but to keep supporting each other. Paul was talking about how to love each other in God's family, Jesus' followers. But this actually works with our real families too. No matter what you or your family members believe about Jesus, imagine how things in your family might change if you decided to support each other even when people have messed up instead of attacking them. I think this would change the way that we love. I think this would change the way that our families look. I think it would change the way this youth group looks. You see, as a youth group, we're a family. And sometimes we don't do a good job of supporting each other. Sometimes we do a really good job of tearing each other down. What if God calls us to something different? I think he does, and I think we're seeing it right here. Will it always be easy? No. Will you get tired of being good? Yeah. Will your annoying little brother or sister still annoy you at times? Absolutely. But what if we change the way we respond to them? What if we chose to love them the way God loves us? One final passage for today. Bless you. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter number 11. It can be hard to support others when we don't feel supported ourselves. Check this out. Jesus says this. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. No matter how awesome our family, our friends are, they still can't give us the care and the rest that Jesus can. In him, we find the strength that we need to carry not just our own burdens, but those of others as well. You see, just like Jesus loves, just like Jesus loves us by giving us rest when we're burdened, Paul says we can actually love each other if we carry each other's burdens also. Because in God's family, we support each other. In God's family, we truly care about what's happening in each other's lives. We go much deeper than the, yo, what's up, man? We have real conversations. We choose to care about one another. You see, when we try to carry a burden alone, it can be hard. It can almost feel impossible, right? It can almost feel like there's no way I could ever do this. I went on a mission trip when I was in ninth grade. We went down to Florida, and we were re-shingling on a roof. It's one of the hottest experiences I've ever had in my life. And on that job, what we had to do was this. We had to carry shingles from the bottom on the ground all the way up to the roof. And we had to do it alone, right? And if you've ever carried shingles, then you know shingles are not a light thing to carry, right? And so... When we were doing this, like, like I was struggling, dude. And, and like I was on a ladder like this. And this ladder, is I, I was doing this, like it was just a little shaky. And I just didn't know what to do with it, right? And, and so as I, I'd go up, I, I'd have this thing. I'd only have one hand on here. And when I get to the top of the ladder, you guys ever climbed up on top of a house before? You got to take a step off the ladder onto the house. But when you've got 50 pounds of shingles right here with you, it's not easy, right? And as a high schooler, man, my, my, my legs were shaking, right? I'm carrying something I don't understand. You guys are like, please, fall, don't fall. I don't really know what I want you to do, right? Right? What I wanted to do was just hand this off. I couldn't wait to get these shingles off my back. They chose me to do this because I was one of the largest guys, right, to get rid of this. I needed to get some support. I needed their help to get these shingles off of me. The same way we need that. The same way most of you guys, you're going through life, and you're going through life alone. You've got your shingles. They've been handed to you, right? you got this heavy thing, and it's your job to carry this up that ladder. It's your job to make it all the way through life to get up there. Now, it ain't easy doing this, right? You got something big and bulky, and it's blocking you off. And you're on a ladder that's already a little shaky. But what happens when you have some support? Guys, come here. Yeah, all three of you. Come on. I told you how it was going to work. So the truth is, who's climbing the ladder? <laughs> The truth is, is that when it comes to this, most of the time we go through life alone. Most of the time we, we want to carry our own stuff. We don't want to let anybody else in on the hurt that we have or the things that we're weighing us down. 
And so whoever's climbing, I think it's Levi. No. <laughs> Levi, yeah. go ahead. Carry your weight with you up the ladder. Frank, I'm sorry if you're here. Right? See, as he walks up, it, 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 you know, it shakes a little bit as he walks. Oh, I got you. It's okay. You're going. You got another step. You got another step. It's okay. It gets a little heavier. It gets a little scarier as we do this. And the truth is, is as you guys get older, as you get older, your burdens get heavier. They get scarier. They feel heavier. You don't want to be here by yourself. Okay? Come on down a little bit. Come on down. Okay. Good job. Good job. Now, guys, you give him this. You support the ladder. Don't let the ladder fall. Don't let it shake. Levi, go back to the top of the ladder. (laughs) He said, no. Look at this. When we've got somebody supporting the ladder, it's a whole lot easier to climb it, right? All right. Go ahead and hand them the stool. You got it, Levi? It's a lot easier like that, right, Levi? What was that? Yeah, it's a lot easier, right? When we got other people who support us, when we got other people who are willing to take the burden for us, to carry it alongside of us, to make sure we're not going to fall, it's a whole lot easier. I'll take that from you. Come on down. Give these guys a round of applause. <laughs> careful, careful. You see, like I said, in life, we've got some choices to make. In life, we got to choose if we're going to let other people carry this burden with us. In life, we've got to choose if we're going to actually come alongside of other people and do life with them and truly choose to support them, choose to hold on to their ladders even when they don't want you to. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you four ways we can do that. Four simple ways that, that, that we can figure out how to support each other. Some practical tips. The first one, you see it behind me. Encourage them. You can't support someone if you can't encourage them. Think about a time in your life when you were at a low point in your life and you were struggling with something. Did it change anything? Did it help you feel supported? Encouragement can go a long way. But we definitely don't do it as often as we should. This is something I struggle with. I'm not an encourager by nature. I'm sarcastic. I'm a decourager if that's a thing. But we got to work at this. This is something I've been working on for years and years now. I got to get better at encouraging one another. The next thing we got to do, believe the best. This is a hard one, especially for your family, especially when you've been broken, especially when they've hurt you over and over again. Some of you guys have walked through awful, awful circumstances of, or been hurt really bad by a family member. And when this happens, it's easy to assume our family members will never change or that they're intentionally hurting us. But if you want your family to believe the best about you, then you've got to try by going first by believing the best about them. The more you do this, the more likely you'll be able to look past their outbursts and mistakes and be able to see them both their good intentions and the ways they need your support. By saying, hey, I believe in you. I trust you. I've got your back no matter what. 
And I think just those two things alone right there could really change the way we interact with our family. Let's do two more. Be trustworthy. It isn't easy to trust your family when they've broken your trust or let you down or disappointed you. You can't make your family worthy of your trust if you don't give it back. But you can make sure they're worthy of your trust, right? See, when you model trustworthiness, it can change the dynamics of your family in real ways. If you tell your parents you're going somewhere, go there. If you tell your parents you're not on your phone when you're in bed, don't be on your phone. Be real. Be honest with your family. If you tell your sibling you're going to be somewhere, show up. Be there. It'll change the way we interact with our families. It'll change the way we interact with God. Sometimes in life, we just got to trust God more too. Your family is going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. But when you make a habit to trust God with the burdens that you and your family are carrying, you'll quickly see there's nothing too big or too difficult that Jesus can't carry. No matter how big the burden is, Jesus has it. You see, these steps in your family can make a big difference in the relationships in your family. But they won't be able to fix everything. Sometimes some family conflict isn't that simple. Sometimes it's not that easily resolved. And if that's the case, then what I want to encourage you is to bring that burden to Jesus. To lay it down and say, Jesus, you know where I'm at. You know what my family's like. Do what only you can do. You see, it's not our responsibility to fix our family, but it is our responsibility to take our family before Jesus and to give him them, to pray for them day in and day out. My final challenge for you guys today is simply this. If you look at your phones right now, it is a good morning. I'm sure that you have pictures on your phones. I take pictures of my family all the time on my phones now. I would bet on your phone right now, you've got a picture of one of your siblings. Maybe your mom or dad. Maybe it's your grandparent. I don't know who it is. That maybe the relationship you have with them isn't the best it could be. Maybe they've broken your trust. Maybe something just hasn't gone the way you thought it was going to go. Or maybe they treated you just not good. I want to challenge you to do something. What if this week you chose to spend this entire week supporting them, giving them your prayers, your encouragement, showing up for them day in and day out? You think that would change your relationship with them? I think it would. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Whoever that is in your family, I want you to take their picture, and if you have a phone in here, I want you to set it as your homepage. Set it as your screensaver. Set it as whatever it is that you have this week. And every time you look at your phone this week, I want you to pray for them. I want you to send them an encouraging text. I want you to find a way that you can help support their burden, support them, and whatever it is that they are going through this week. You see, your family might not look like the families you see in the movies. 
It might not look like your friends' families. It might not look like what you thought your family would look like. But God's giving you your family. And I believe he's got you in your family for a purpose. And even your life group. I think that family is there for a purpose too. So what if we chose to support our family this week? Because in God's family, we support each other. What would it look like for us to truly do that, to live this out for one week? I challenge you, try it out. See if you like it. Let me pray for you and we'll get out of here. God, today I thank you for this day. I thank you for your scripture. I thank you that, Lord, you challenge us, Lord, to care for one another, to bear each other's burdens, to truly, Lord, examine our own lives and to see, Lord, where we're struggling. But, God, how do we give that away? How can we share that with our family? How can we share our family's burdens? God, I pray that, Lord, you will impact us this week, that, God, you will just encourage us to go deeper in our relationships, Lord, with our physical family, with our friends, God, with our life group, God, with the people who care around us. Don't let us be shallow, God. Let us be people who truly love you. Let us remember that we're part of your family, God, part of your familia with all the other believers in this world. Give us burdens to help those who are hurting for your name. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Thank you. Amen. We'll see you guys on Wednesday night.